Hello, lovely people. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Lily. I'm Jillian. And this is our semi-informational podcast where we talk about our shared interests and passions hosted by two good friends who are complete opposites in every way possible. Complete opposites. Complete opposites. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, no doubt One about which, it. <laughs> um, we'll start right off with our topic for today. One of those ways that we are complete opposites is our music taste. Yes. <laughs> Completely. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I am complete internet trash. I am a slave to pop culture. Um, oh <laughs> I am a trendy bitch. I'm not going to lie. You are so trendy and so hip in Thank all you. the good ways. Oh, I appreciate that. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I, however, do not know anything that's going on currently at all. Um, I don't listen to pop music. Yeah, Lily's an old soul. <laughs> I am an old soul. <laughs> I don't have TikTok. I don't have Twitter. I'm rarely on any social media. Um, and when I am, I don't know what's going on. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> internet humor is half of my personality. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good, like, 58% of my personality. Nah. You have more, you have more to yourself than that. <laughs> I'm glad one of us thinks so. <laughs> But, you know, you listen to pop music, R&B, rap, Yeah, all that I would stuff. say, like, my two main genres. Um, okay, when I was growing up, I listened to a lot of just, like, pop music, as one does, you mm. know, pre-high school. I feel yes. like that's sort of thing that everyone listens to. Uh, the middle um, school bubble dances. Bubblegum pop. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hell, yeah. Middle school dances. You remember how sweaty those things were? Ugh, gross. Oh, <laughs> gross. I can just, like, I'm, like, imagining like a G6 playing in oh my, my head right God. now. <laughs> All of us just jumping up and down in unison. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's such... A very specific memory that all everyone in our generation has, and repressed, and repressed. <laughs> yes, and repressed. Yeah, definitely. Which I don't, I don't blame anyone for that. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Um. Anyways, I was saying, growing up, uh, I feel like I listened to a lot of pop music. Um, in my preteen stage. Once mm. I got to high school, I was listening to um a lot of like alternative like indie music because i thought i was super cool in tumblr oh my god <laughs> like super hipster you know yeah sure yeah so that was my main thing arctic monkeys fuck me up <laughs> <laughs> shit <laughs> <laughs> i am still to this day my favorite band is hippocampus mm, um i'm a good band yes thank yeah. you i've been a big hippocampus fan i remember my junior year of high school this was probably like 2014 mm-hmm. 2015 um, I tweeted something stupid and I tagged them in it and oh. I felt so seen because they retweeted me <gasps> wow. and I was like oh my god that, <laughs> this is it I, I am married it the yeah. leader of this band <laughs> the main it. singer <laughs> yes um, I felt so accomplished anyways <laughs> that was sort of my music taste in high school um, and then once I got to college and like <laughs> realized that I was really freaking whitewashed in high school, oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> I uh, started listening to more like R&B, mm. um, more rap music, all that kind of stuff. And I was like, honestly, this is like, uh, this is, I love this. This Aww. is like my truest self. That's good. <laughs> Thank you. I felt like I was sort of like... My music taste growing up was sort of a reflection of my environment. Mm. 
and like uh, my interests shaped by my environment and the people that I was surrounded with. Mm-hmm. So I think once I got to college and was like sort of figuring out myself, my own identity, uh, my music taste also reflected that. I also yeah. have, a, it's kind of funny and also like a little bit um, neurotic of me. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I have playlists. I, I make monthly playlists, right? Yes. <laughs> I have libraries of monthly playlists in my Spotify mm. all the way from 2015. Oh, my goodness. So I goodness. have literally seven years worth of monthly playlists. And it's really interesting Jeez. to sort of see my progression in music taste. Oh, it's so fun. Yeah, it's sort that of like a little fun. time capsule. That's super cool. Um, And I feel like every every playlist is sort of like a soundtrack to what was going on in my life at that <gasps> stage, oh at that point in time. That's so fun. It's so fun. That's I, dedication. That's the only thing. Like, my God. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hi, my name's Jillian. I'm 23, and the only thing I could commit to is a monthly playlist. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, yeah, but oh anyway, anyways. That, that's dedication. That's, that's dedication. hardcore. Thank yeah. You. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, so that's fun. It's a fun thing to look back on. Yeah, for sure. Um, how would you describe your taste in music, Lily? So my favorite genres are classical. Uh-huh. Uh, basic musical theater. I love Waitress. Oh, I love that. Um, and ABBA. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me up with some ABBA, bro. I love ABBA. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. And ABBA, ABBA. I say ABBA. I don't know. Is that because we're American? <laughs> I don't know. I mean... Do they do they pronounce it ABBA? Are they I don't Swedish? know. They are Swedish. Yeah. I have no idea. Um, but on Spotify, Spotify told me that my top artist of the decade mm-hmm. was ABBA. Oh. And I felt so honored. Oh, God. I wonder... I th- Oh, God. Who was my top artist of the decade? I was so honored. How do I check that? I don't know. I just remember it Damn. from... <laughs> What was it? The end of 2019. That's uh, when Spotify told us that our t- whatever our top artist <laughs> of the decade was, and that was ABBA, and I was really happy about God, it. I was sick. so proud. <laughs> um, I love me some ABBA. They're mm-hmm. so good. But those are my three genres. <laughs> so ABBA is its own genre. It's, it's their <laughs> like, own genre. Lily, what's your favorite music? Uh, favorite music genre? ABBA. ABBA. <laughs> they deserve to be their own <laughs> genre of music. I, I you know, I don't disagree with that. <laughs> but I, yeah, um, I my music taste compared to yours is completely different. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, and you know, I think I went through a similar sort of progression in music. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew, I kind of grew up listening to classical music a lot because okay. my mom liked classical music Uh she was trained as a child in piano Mm -hmm. and she had my sister be classically trained in piano um and i was the rogue child who was like i don't want to play piano um (laughs) lily's like i'm different (laughs) lily's like i was built different (laughs) 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 choking (laughs) i'm different that's why i play the bassoon the bassoon (laughs) yeah rock on brother Out of all the instruments, I chose to play the bassoon. I love um, that. That's so cool, though. Thank you. <laughs> like, for real, like, the bassoon is such a niche instrument. Yeah. That it's like, a, I don't know, I think it's like such a cool thing to be able to play. Thank you. I was, I took bassoon lessons all throughout high school. That's, and that's amazing. what I did. I was classically trained in bassoon. Love that. Um, but yeah, my mom listened to classical music while I was growing up. And uh-huh. so she had the complete works of Mozart, the complete uh-huh. works of Beethoven, the complete works of I don't know whoever else Brahms <laughs> um and that's what we listened to on repeat growing ah. up as children and I used to go to the 
you know, the nearby local theater to go see the theater, the theater <laughs> to go watch, you know, youth theater groups perform The Wizard of Oz or Annie or, you know, um, Cinderella or any musical theater, basically. Yeah. And that's what I grew up going to on the weekends. Nice. So that's kind of how my musical taste grew i guess uh-huh. obviously the middle school jason derulo phase jason was, derulo. <laughs> was also <laughs> present in my um my musical journey also oh as it should be as it should be yeah and also kind of going back to my own culture listening to j-pop mm-hmm. as a child being obsessed with all the j-pop bands mm-hmm. um going through high school becoming a little emo listening to panic at the disco oh my god i also had that emo phase <laughs> i wasn't like i i didn't have like side bands bangs and like wear dark eyeliner or anything (laughs) 100% did (laughs) that was Lily's identity oh yeah not so much mine I was kind of shy about it but I did I remember I used to (laughs) I took ceramics class my my senior year of high school and everyone in that class annoyed me because they were like uh, the super um like really liked attention like popular kids Uh, yeah um and that like just wasn't really me yeah but anyways I sat next to all of them and I just remember being on my pottery wheel, headphones in, <laughs> angst at a high, oh just gosh. listening to Panic at the Disco. Yes. <laughs> so Trying good. to drown them out. They're so good. That makes me sound really bitchy, but I'm no. honestly it was um it was very soothing. <laughs> yeah, that was your coping strategy in high <laughs> Thank school. You. Um but yeah, black veil brides, I have the full bangs. I wore black every day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I wore my black veil brides shirt uh-huh. all the time. Middle or high school, total emo phase. Mm-hmm. And then as I grew older, after graduating high school, I joined um, the orchestra at the at the community college. By the uh-huh. way, I, all throughout high school, I was a band. Ge- I was a band geek. Yeah, <laughs> I was in marching band. I was in concert band. I played march or in marching band. I played the clarinet, uh-huh. as one does, and I played bassoon in concert band. And that was my identity, pretty much, Love like that. the rogue bassoon player. Um, and so, but after high school, I went to community college and I joined the orchestra there, mm-hmm. and that's when I. Re revived my love for classical music from mm, my childhood. Um, nice. Yeah. So that's kind of my musical journey. And that's why I love, you know, musical theater and yeah. classical music so much. And also ABBA. Yeah. Um, because ABBA's the best. <laughs> Dope. Yeah. I think it's really interesting how, um, like, your exposure to classical music by your mom, who is, um, like, a classical pianist. Um, and kind through of. your like, yeah, and through <laughs> yeah. your bassoon lessons, you know, like your your training. Yeah, I think it's really interesting how that sort of shaped your appreciation mm-hmm. um, for music and sort of, yeah. you know, like I mean, that's with any musician, right? Yeah. Um, or any consumer of music in general. It's yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> um, but I think it's really interesting because mine kind of had the opposite effect, right? Yeah. So, like <laughs> I, I was classically trained in piano. I played Since infancy. Yeah, I started <laughs> when I was. Five, yeah, five years old, and I did classical training. Uh, my teacher had her own conservatory, mm-hmm. and wow. then I was there until I was eighteen. Yeah, so um, I you can say that <laughs> I had uh, lots of exposure to classical music. Oh, hundred percent. Um, as someone who plays classical music, I think I I was able to sort of like develop that um like understanding of it and appreciation mm-hmm. for it. Um, which like. I feel like with classical music, it's kind of hard to dissect um, 
and uh, understand if you like weren't trained to do it yeah you know for sure um and uh, i think it's really interesting too how like uh, classical musicians sort of regard classical music oftentimes as sort of like the objective standard for what is considered uh quote-unquote good music yeah right um i think it does a really good job like classical music i Mm -hmm. think it does a really good job training you all of the really small technicalities of being a musician yeah um teaches you a lot of discipline Mm -hmm. um and a lot about sort of like the history of composition and different skills implemented in order to create these big compositions music theory exactly (laughs) music theory all this kind of stuff um but honestly i think because i was able to have that education growing up um it's a little bit gatekeepy mm. very much gatekeepy it is <laughs> it definitely is and what i mean by that is uh, i think uh, you know in order to have this classical training obviously there's a barrier to entry for that right yeah like uh, the people who are getting this classical training in music are people oftentimes who can afford to have that and that's not that's not you you know yeah <laughs> classical piano lessons from a conservatory not cheap, cheap. <laughs> no. you know yeah it's it can oftentimes be sort of um used as something to show someone's like a, a social hierarchy or economic class yeah i think that's often an association that's drawn yeah but I will, um, yeah but with that i will say i did not come from a middle or high class family uh-huh so while it is piano lessons are not cheap (laughs) whatsoever Uh they're so expensive but from my i don't know from my experience Mm -hmm. growing up with my sister going to piano lessons it's something that maybe it's just my parents but they Mm. it was something that they wanted for us to do absolutely and they pulled the money from places that they they couldn't really pull the money from but Uh they did it anyway Mm -hmm. which i really appreciate yeah of course um but yeah but I, i also we were surrounded by kids like that yeah. who did come from those upper class families mm-hmm. and we felt completely left out because mm-hmm. we were not at the same level mm-hmm. economically as them. Mm. But I still don't want to say that classical music is only for those people because it could also be for people who grew up kind of lower middle class like right yeah and that's what like i think uh, i agree with that too i don't think classical music should be only for yeah people of uh, you know that sort of uh, socioeconomic status yeah and it shouldn't be yeah which is why i think it's so um it's so unfair that people who are able to have access oftentimes to that kind of education it's it's just not as accessible as it should be yeah you know So, like, building that appreciation for classical music and being able to understand it from uh, that sort of um, perspective of having that training to, you know, figure out the intricacies of technique and music theory and all that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Like, I just, I feel like that's something that should be able to be shared with everyone regardless of whether or not they can afford oh, 100%. it. 100%. You know, and, it, and on top of that, like, it costs to procure the instruments yeah. it's themselves. Like, that's oh, a boy. completely different thing. Yeah. Which is also why I think, uh, um, you know, it just, like, it sort of adds to that yeah. whole air. <laughs> yeah. It's sad that we don't fund music as much as we fund um, sports Definitely. in schools. Yeah. 
because we have teachers who are pa- very <clears throat> passionate about music, mm-hmm. but they don't have the means to kind of progress their students to appreciate all these different types of music, right? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Makes me sad. Me too. <laughs> um, another thing that I wanted to address also in terms of, you know, classical music being uh, sort of regarded as this standard of objectively, <laughs> I use with air quotes, good music. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just like, why is that the set standard for objectively good music? You know, like why, yeah. what implications does that have in uh, seeing these <laughs> these com- compositions that are oftentimes by uh, you know european composers mm-hmm. white european composers yeah. um why is a uh, let's say like, i don't know indonesian gamelan music yeah you know classical indonesian gamelan music um the indian music mm-hmm. you know all of like indi- indigenous music why yeah. are these not the standard for objectively good music so right? here's the thing right because Let's go back to music history really quick. Sure. Bach. Okay. He was a very prominent classical composer. Right. Not really classical. He's Baroque. Yeah. But his um, his com- compositions were re- are regard- is, is regarded as very important works uh-huh. because he was one of the very first composers to kind of tell us, oh, these chord progressions are the most appealing to the ear. Mm-hmm. And that's what the later composers used and current music now what we use sure to kind of create chord progressions that are quote-unquote like sound good uh-huh right so i think maybe that's a reason why classical sure but i mean if something and... is appealing to the listener that's more of a subjective thing isn't it <laughs> it is it is but and where's that opinion coming from? Right. A white man. <sighs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> and why is that white man's opinion so, so regarded as the standard? Why yeah. is that always the case? Yeah. Right? <sighs> Col- That's colonization. my question. <laughs> <laughs> colonization. Pretty much. <laughs> Um, so that's another bone I have to pick. Yeah. <laughs> which, uh, I think it's so unfair that classical music is, for one such a gatekeepy thing mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> second of all um there are so many implications it has on its influence <laughs> on current music and culture mm-hmm. and uh, th- in regards to just uh, i don't know like uh, the historical significance of that being uh, you know a white man's composition and suddenly that's the standard mm. same thing with like eurocentric beauty standards mm-hmm. and uh, i don't know like a <laughs> style in general yeah um social norms mm-hmm. you know all of that kind of stuff and uh, why is that the case that that is still regarded as what is objectively good music when it's representing a culture that is not applicable to everyone right you know yeah and on top of that, I think that sort of also leads into current music. Um, you know, modern music is often like uh, if you're in America anyways, mm-hmm. right? Um, historically speaking, people pushing the boundaries of music. Mm-hmm. Let's let's look at jazz music. Yeah. Right. Where did jazz music come from? They say it comes from Africa, from right yeah. african-american influence yeah right and it encompasses all of the struggles yeah. and all of the culture of those people yeah and that has so much impact on american music today but you know it's still not always like when it came out it wasn't 
objectively good music yeah right because it didn't fit that cultural standard of yeah. that white eurocentric classical music <laughs> being good music yeah you know and it's just like the the kinds of p- cultures that push the boundaries of music are always going to be regarded as less because uh, oftentimes they're not always uh, <laughs> white influence yeah yeah and uh, it's just like uh, i don't know i feel like uh, like a uh, rap music and r&b would be mm-hmm. like a uh, sort of uh, examples of current music that yeah. are and oftentimes they, doing yeah. that and they took a lot of influence from jazz exactly yeah always pushing the envelope you know yeah. and uh, people kind of see that as sort of like a you know a stigma of like addressing different kinds of things like sex drugs um the all of these sort of taboo topics mm-hmm. when uh, maybe that's just a represent representation of our current culture mm-hmm. right yeah. what is this new music telling what kind of story is it telling about our current day society right and I would argue that maybe that's more relevant than technical skill of <laughs> a classical <laughs> composer, even though that could yeah. be applied to, you know, different kinds of music today. But yeah. still. Yeah. You know? No, definitely current music definitely has... I, de- I said definitely twice. Anyway. <laughs> current music definitely has more of a social impact compared mm. to classical music now, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but it still makes me sad to see all these or like symphony orchestras closing down because no one comes to listen listen to these all these different you know mm-hmm. um well, what am i talking about <laughs> all these different um performances sure. still makes me sad um but i do understand that that's not what is um considered to be socially not not necessarily socially appropriate but socially significant to our culture now mm. right gotcha yeah. yeah and that's why people go listen to rap and go to concerts mm-hmm. yeah rap concerts mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that, those are words <laughs> um now compared to going to like the orchestra and listening to you know all these pieces right yeah so yeah. i yeah so i come from a place where i understand these these values that people have uh-huh. people like you know pop music because it's because they like it they it speaks to them and and their background yeah but for me personally i don't find what represents me in the current music now which is why i think i don't (laughs) (laughs) choking which is why i don't (laughs) which is why i don't listen to current music now yeah 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 Yeah. (laughs) i think it's like a um totally a valid thing for you know everyone has their own kind of music that they identify with and feel represents them that's why i have like freaking seven years worth of (laughs) yeah (laughs) different kinds of music like a drastically different phases of my life yeah um in my spotify playlist that's so cool (laughs) thank you um yeah but i feel like a um sort of the commentary i uh, am making here is you know why why is there a kind of uh a standard for what is acceptable expression yeah. in music yeah you know because essentially what music is and i say this as a musician um who sort of you know this is music to me is being able to express emotions through i don't know creation right yeah um yeah and sort mm-hmm. of like <laughs> conveying that emotion through different sounds and all that kind of stuff and yeah yeah 
So, I don't know. What is music to you? To me, mm-hmm. I agree. It's a form of self-expression, mm-hmm. a form of interpreting your emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also something that I listen to to understand someone else's emotions. Right. And to identify my own emotions with them, too. You know what's really interesting? Yes, what's interesting? Okay. <laughs> I listened to this neuroscience podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it's called A Neuroscientist Explains by Dr. Daniel Glazer. Mm-hmm. Um, they have an episode. I think it's like the first episode that they ever made. Mm-hmm. But it, it's called... Um, God, what is it called? <laughs> I don't know. It's called How Music Affects the Brain. And they talk about how uh, learning music as a child has these impacts on, uh, you know, how, like, your brain is able to form neural connections mm-hmm. and all of that kind of stuff, which is super interesting because yeah. I uh, have a degree in neuroscience. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, like, my two favorite things, like, music and neuroscience. In one episode, I was like, this is my dream. <laughs> I was just listening Perfect. to, like, yes. <laughs> um, I hate that I just said that. Anyways. <laughs> um, they were saying that as uh, children learn music um it's uh, really interesting because it kind of like allows them to be able to create their brains so that they're able to acquire different kinds of skills and implement them all together and it makes you more well re- well-rounded mm. um because in learning instruments or even like a dance mm-hmm. too yeah. that's a separate thing though but yeah. <laughs> sure. learning instruments specifically um let's take a piano for example mm-hmm. just because that's what i have experienced and that's what i like yeah. know about and yeah. that's like i would be completely ignorant in talking about anything else yeah <laughs> um Julia, let's talk about bassoon techniques oh, man. we can't you <laughs> no. chime in <laughs> please no um it's really interesting because uh, you know when you're learning piano you have not only one the um like auditory skills Mm -hmm. in order to do that you're also learning pitch Mm -hmm. and you're also learning sort of like a spatial awareness Mm -hmm. um associated with pitch right so like higher pitch versus lower pitch where you're placing your hands on the keyboard Mm -hmm. in order to create those sounds Mm -hmm. the um sort of like a mechanical movements that you need to make in order to create those sounds yeah Yeah. skills techniques coordination Mm -hmm. um all that kind of stuff and implementing that all at once and sight reading which is a completely different thing oh yeah right that visual skill mm-hmm. um and also like the the counting and the timing mm-hmm. that comes with that visual skill too yeah and the auditory skill and like do you know just uh, implementing yeah. all of these crazy different things to at a five-year-old once. yeah <laughs> um and on top of that like being able to express emotion through that mm-hmm being able to do all of those things at once um, sort of activates all these different parts of your brain, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so because people are able to do that and they grow up uh, constantly doing that and having that skill, they're able to apply that to different aspects of their life, mm-hmm. whether it be learning arithmetic mm-hmm. or um, arithmetic. listening to other people talking and being able to empathize, right? Because mm-hmm. they kind of gain that through the skill of um interpreting music and yeah. trying to figure out what this composer is trying to convey mm-hmm. through their composition right um all of these different things there's so many benefits to learning music as a child so yeah you take anything from this episode put your kid in music lessons it does yeah. wonders <laughs> it does it does yeah, but no. also that's very gatekeepy so i encourage it but i know that's not a real reality for anyone and it's a very privileged thing to me to say yeah um but yeah also, yeah Exposing to different, exposing a kid to different kinds of music yeah. is also super good for the brain. Super good. Yeah. <laughs>
Um. Okay. So side tangent. That was <laughs> no. That was very interesting. That's a tangent. Yeah. Um. But anyways, mm. I am curious. Hmm. How do you go about consuming music? Where do you get your music from? How do you find mm. new music? Uh, see, that's tricky because. When you talk about music that's already been popular, that's not popular now. It's really hard to find other classical pieces <laughs>、uh. to listen to, right? Because it's not like going on TikTok and finding some other new song that's popular right now. Uh huh.、Um, so a lot of the music that I listen to now, I find either just picking a composer、mm-hmm. and finding a piece that I haven't listened to,、uh-huh. or、um, I watch this YouTube channel called Two Set Violin. Hey,、mm-hmm. oh, promo. <laughs>、um, not really. <laughs>、um, two Set Violin sponsors. <laughs> I know, honestly. <laughs> but they're it's two guys who were cra- classically trained. They went to university for. Uh, classical violin, yeah, and they're professional musicians, but they make really funny, stupid YouTube videos about classical music in order to kind of make classical music more expose classical music more to a wider audience, but also make it fun and exciting for younger generations, which I think is very cool. Right, and so I. I've been getting a lot of pieces from them, pieces that they make fun of,、mm. <laughs> pieces that they just you know randomly reference,、yeah. and that's kind of how I've been getting a lot of my music from lately,、um, which has been very exciting.、Uh-huh. But also, you know, Abba. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Abba. <laughs> Abba.、Um, that one doesn't even need an expl- explanation. I know everyone should just go listen to Abba and just、yeah. you know dance around and. Yeah, sing very loudly, or just watch Mamma Mia. Oh my God, watch <laughs> Mamma Mia on loop. Yes,、uh, Mamma Mia too. Good movie, R- underrated. Really, I didn't like it as much <sighs> as the first one. I, not as good as the first one, but the music in that one. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fernando and Cher. Fernando, Cher. <laughs> oh my God, gold, absolute queen. Um. But anyway, that's kind of kind of how I go about finding different classical pieces,、mm-hmm. um, and I you know listen to different pieces all growing up, and then I would you know randomly come across a piece that I remember listening to as a kid,、mm-hmm. and that kind of come you know is in my playlist all of a sudden. So I've been trying to accumulate more and more pieces here and there to listen to,、Definitely. but it's trickier than you know. Current music,、yeah. because no one talks about <laughs> classical music at all. But I have a question for you. Yes. You said that I kind of explained my、um, journey, musical journey,、right. quote unquote,、um, and how it kind of brought me to appreciate classical music more. But、uh-huh. it, you said that it did the opposite for you. Yeah. Do you think it's because did your parents? Force you to do piano lessons? And no. Do you, no. Okay. Yeah. So when I was little, my parents、mm-hmm. forced me to stick with it. Got it. Because I think、uh, you know they didn't want me. They didn't want to put me in something and then just let me quit.、Mm. You know. Yeah. And so I think、uh, at that point when I was a kid,、um, I. Was sort of forced to do piano, <laughs> right? <laughs> But then、uh, my parents were finally like, "No, like,、uh, you don't have to do it, right?" Because、mm-hmm. I was lacking the motivation. I didn't practice、mm. every day like I should have. Yeah.、Um, and my parents were like, "Well, we're not going to spend money on this if you're not going to do it." Right. Um. Yeah. So then they were like, "You know, what? we won't, we won't pay for it anymore.、Mm-hmm. You don't have to do it anymore." Yeah. And then、uh, once I stopped, I was like, "Oh." 
Like, <laughs> I take it back. I still want to do piano. Okay. And so at that point, um, my parents were like, Ugh, still. <laughs> it's so expensive. Yeah. And so in that case, maybe this is also why I kind of see it as something that is more so a privilege mm. um, for me anyways. Mm-hmm is because my parents uh, didn't want to keep paying for the lessons got it and they weren't necessarily like they were very financially supportive in that Mm -hmm. way and i'm glad Mm -hmm. and i'm super grateful that they were yeah but you know they didn't go to my recitals all the time they didn't go they would like be like because you have to pay to be in the piano competitions Mm -hmm. and festivals and things like that yeah um, and so whenever I had to ask my parents uh, for the entry fees, they're mm-hmm. like, another one? Like, oh, <laughs> you know? So, no. like, it, it was kind of uh, more so me trying to cling to this uh, interest and passion as a kid and, like, having to ask my parents to support me. Mm. Which shouldn't... Uh, that's kind of shitty. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. I think... Uh, I, th- I don't think that really had a big impact on uh, my appreciation for it. I okay. think my perspective on classical music is uh, more so um, it's a, it comes from seeing uh, I come from a very musical family. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> I'm Filipino, so of course I do. <laughs> um, some of my family members are so uh, amazingly gifted and talented naturally. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think, uh, like, uh, they honestly are more talented than I am, mm. and they deserve to be, they they deserved to have that same training that I did, mm. you know. And I think it's such a shame that they weren't able to have that training where I was. Got it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So that's the thing is like I feel like there's so many people out there with potential for with potential to be great musicians and to have that training not to say that being a great musician requires that training yeah but i think it definitely helps to build that exposure to different kinds of music and Mm -hmm. sort of build that appreciation for classical music yeah um and the technical skills as well undoubtedly yeah um i think it's so unfair that i was able to have that and they weren't even though they so deserve it yeah but you also deserve it too I appreciate that. Thank yeah. You. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. Because, you know, you're out here creating, you know, piano covers of all these rap songs. LMAO. <laughs> which is also very Can cool. Can you believe that's what I use my <laughs> 13, 14 years of classical piano training to do? Um, for those that I'm sure, like, nobody knows this unless you follow me on Instagram or TikTok. <laughs> follow me on TikTok, the oh, Alaskan right. Bullworm. <laughs> Um, or Instagram at no chill jail. <laughs> Anyways, um, <laughs> I plug. do this thing. Yeah, shameless plug. I do this thing where I learn piano song, rap songs mm-hmm. on the piano by ear. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, that's what I use my ear training for. <laughs> Love that. Uh, sorry, mom and dad. You paid for 14 years of pla- classical piano lessons <laughs> for that. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> that's still exciting and fun, though. It's fun. It's really yeah. fun. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, love it. That's good. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. So Sorry for that tangent. LMAO. Um, I really love classical music. I think mm-hmm. it's a mood, you know? Yeah. 
And I wholeheartedly appreciate it mm-hmm. for having that kind of technical value right. um, and that amazing historical value as well mm-hmm. um, and influence on the every current day music yeah, exactly. <laughs> piece ever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I would say it's like, uh, I don't know, it's a little, yeah. little gatekeeping. <laughs> Is that the only thing that's deterring you from classical music? yeah okay (laughs) (laughs) what about you what what do you like about classical music what Uh, what is like a the thing that does it for you (laughs) so here i'm gonna compare it to current music sure so we're gonna kill two birds with one stone okay why i don't listen to current music and why i like classical music Uh um so i think current music especially with rap um it's very very stagnant in my opinion mm. i know the, the faces <laughs> you're making i know um to me current music is very boring okay <laughs> in, in my opinion uh-huh um i listen to a few songs here and there that are interesting to me um but as a whole like i would i you know i've heard people listen to rap music and the whole thing only has one chord and it talks about things that I do not care about. Okay. Um, there's like a misogyny behind rap music, right? Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> but not just misogyny. Um, there's just even like the female rappers. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they're doing it to empower women, mm-hmm. but when I listen to it, I don't feel empowered. I see. Why? Because for me, being a woman isn't about my body or feeling sexy. Uh To me, that's not what being a woman is about. Right. To me, being a woman is about being, you know, being strong, like independent, very um, headstrong and does things for herself type of woman. That's the type of woman that I want to be. Absolutely. um, And like talking about, you know, vagina (laughs) in a song (laughs) doesn't do it for me. It doesn't make me feel empowered. I know it makes other women feel empowered, which is great. Yes. But that doesn't make me feel more of a woman. I see. Um, So that's... And I, I, I say these things about rap music and about, like, male rap singers and, like, me not really liking female rap singers either. Uh-huh. Um, but a lot of other pop music, too, like Taylor Swift. Like, I understand you went through <laughs> another breakup. I don't want to listen to another song about going through a breakup again. <laughs> sure. Um, so I just think there's so many things about pop music that's just repeating itself. Okay. Um. And that's why I like classical music so much is mm-hmm. because there are c- certain motifs and themes in classical music in a in a certain piece. Yeah. But you don't you don't get told what you're supposed to be feeling. Ah. Uh, because that's what uh-huh. pop music is kind of like, right? They're, okay. They're telling okay, okay. they're telling you, hey, I went through a breakup and I'm sad, and I'm like, great, <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> Sure. But, you know, when you listen to a, a, a piece where it doesn't have those words, mm-hmm. but you listen to it and you, you are able to make interpretations for yourself about this composer mm-hmm. that you might not know about, and you are able to try to feel what they're feeling, and mm-hmm. that's way more exciting to me. Mm. Um, just not knowing why they wrote this piece, but they wrote they. But me listening to it and trying to interpret why they wrote it mm-hmm. is a much more fun kind of like mind game sort of situation compared to pop music. Um, and 
going back and looking at the history be behind certain pieces, it's way more fun than to just get told all these things about this pop artist who wrote about this thing. Yeah. Right? Um, here, I'll ha I have an example, actually. Okay. <laughs> um, play your example. I wasn't going to play it. But, okay. <laughs> um, so one of my favorite symphonies is uh -huh. by Shostakovich, and okay. it's his fifth symphony. And it's very... So he's kind of like an expressionistic composer. Um, he was, you know, in the 1900s, like 1950s, when I, when he kind of started writing music, I think, or mm -hmm. maybe not. I don't know. I'm just guessing at this point. <laughs> but his fifth symphony is very, it's really loud and powerful. Here, I can play the first, yeah, like... Yeah. Um, He grew up in Russia in a time where it was very, um, it was illegal basically to kind of go against the norm or go against what's okay in terms of what the government is saying. Mm -hmm. And so he wrote this piece, he wrote a fourth symphony and that got canceled because it was too quote unquote out there mm -hmm. for the Russian government. And so the the night before the performance, the his like, performance got canceled mm. very sad <laughs> and so he wrote i think he wrote like a piano concerto after that and that was also canceled because mm -hmm. it wasn't approved by the russian government mm -hmm. so he wrote this fifth symphony where it was kind of his way of saying like okay here is a symphony that i'm writing for you guys here are you guys happy now mm. so it was kind of like a social commentary but it, through music yes for him to be like Hey, this is what you asked for. Here you go. Ah, kind of oh, type thing. okay. Um, so the f first parts of the symphony, it's very powerful, kind of sad. Like you can feel his anger, mm -hmm. but the last f movement or like the last bit of the movement is really happy, but it's like forced happiness mm -hmm. because that's him saying, "Hey, Russian government, here's that really happy piece that you wanted. Here you go." <laughs> you know like f off <laughs> yeah type of piece okay is it the first movement moderato yeah you can just play the first movement do you want to just add it i will add it yeah. okay <laughs> that's fine anyways yeah anyways um so okay. i yeah so <laughs> You know, current music now, there's also all this social commentary about what, what's going on in the world and yes. people expressing their struggles and what they're going through. And I appreciate that and I understand the social significance of all of that. Mm -hmm. But I think there's also a beauty in not necessarily being told what a person's going through, mm -hmm. but understanding through music what they might be going through mm. and having the opportunity to, to kind of look up these composers and these pieces mm -hmm. is so cool to me mm. because I listen you know listening to a piece that you might not know anything about and mm -hmm. having all these emotions and going back and reading what the piece was supposed to be about it's a cool way to connect what's going on in history like in the Soviet Union yeah like, during his time to what you were experiencing listening it to the first time absolutely yeah yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
That reminds me of okay. There's this movie right now that just mm-hmm. came out about Billie Holiday. Oh, I love her. I she's uh, literally <laughs> my favorite musician of all time. Yeah. Um, but her, basically, her voice. Oh my God, it's so, amazing. It's yeah. a oh God, it's it's so. Oh, this is oh God. <laughs> the passion I have for Billie Holiday. <laughs> uh, anyways. <laughs> Um, basically, in the movie, it's about uh, um, sort of the trials that she went through releasing Strange Fruit oh, um, yeah. and uh, the backlash that came with that mm-hmm. and uh, the, uh, um, oh, God, what is it called? The guy, <laughs> this sounds so inarticulate. <laughs> what is funny. his name? So, uh, basically, mm-hmm. Billy Holiday movie on yeah. Hulu. It's yeah. amazing. Um, oh, it's already out. Yes. Oh, Andrew Day got it. nominated for an Academy Award for oh, it. Oh, amazing. Um, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Please watch it. Right. Anyways, um, basically, it sort of follows the story with her and the U.S. government when she released Strange Fruit, and mm-hmm. she was trying to perform that, mm-hmm. um, which, uh, of course, is about a lynching mm-hmm. um, of a black person in the South. Yeah. Um, so it was sort of this... Uh, um, it, it was this... Uh, kind of a revolution anthem Mm -hmm. that and like liberation anthem that that song became and uh, the government didn't want her to sing it Mm -hmm. and so uh, they had uh, um there's this uh i think he was a drug enforcement um Mm -hmm. agent in the fbi Mm. um who worked under hoover and he for some reason like uh kept targeting billy holiday and uh he would send like a troops of uh, office that's not the right word probably yeah <laughs> <laughs> officers to, to go to her shows mm. and shut it down if she started singing strange fruit got it and it, it was kind of this like a d- unbelievable amount of cens- censorship yeah um about a very real thing that was going on mm-hmm. in the south yeah um anyways great movie yeah amazing um <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and uh, the thing that's like crazy too is it goes through uh, um, like the history and Billie Holiday is, is she's uh, so like her music is so so uh, delicate mm-hmm. and uh, so uh, light and lovey, but at the same time she carries it like her voice is this like mm-hmm. uh, this rich croon, yeah, you know. So and good. it's so empowering but still so mm-hmm. fragile at the same time mm-hmm. i don't know it's uh, <laughs> amazing but that was kind of like uh it relates to what you were saying yeah um about the composer and yeah. how he was like uh, <laughs> stick it to the man yeah you know? exactly but at the same time <laughs> created this music to appease the government mm-hmm. um whereas billy holiday did that same thing and she was like all they want me to sing is all of me yeah strange fruit all of these yeah. love songs mm-hmm. because that's all they care about and they yeah. don't want me to point out these things that are so terrible about our society yeah yeah definitely so mm-hmm. you know proof that history repeats itself yeah and <laughs> does the same thing over and over again different contexts um yeah but i think like uh, even with billy holiday she had such she was such a pioneer and mm-hmm. uh, her music is such a big influence on uh, um like i would say female r&b artists mm, yeah. today um 
Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> uh, love me some good Billie Holiday. I love her. She's um, so good. Another thing that mm. I wanted to address, too, that you mm-hmm. had mentioned yeah. and touched briefly upon yeah. um, is the misogyny that comes with rap music. And yeah. I don't disagree with that because yeah. um, I know... There are quite a few uh, <laughs> rappers that have very misogynistic um, lyrics, mm-hmm. one of which would be Reason. Mm-hmm. His beats, so good. Yeah. His lyrics, so misogynistic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so I don't like his music for that, yeah. that <laughs> reason. So I don't, that's why I don't like, I don't like it when people like put these people up on pedestals when they talk about something that's so misogynistic. Uh-huh. It makes me uncomfortable. Um. I do think it is a uh, careful line to walk, though, between, like, also, you know, <laughs> just uh, generalizing all rap yeah. musicians to that. Yeah, yeah. Because, uh, I understand that. Because that is uh, um, something that is so culturally tied as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Um, you can't just say, like, all people who associate with this kind of music and this kind of culture yeah. are misogynists, right? Oh, definitely not. Um, and to point out, I would I would like to shed some light on... <laughs> <laughs> Everyone knows our girl Lizzo. She's a rapper. Oh, yeah. Right? I like Lizzo's, Lizzo. Lizzo's exactly. great, yeah. <laughs> um, and Chica, I would also say. Mm. Chica's an amazing rapper. I fucking love chica (laughs) um her music is mostly about her come up as a female rapper Mm. and uh, she doesn't rap about like uh, (laughs) you know like i don't know wet ass pussy like (laughs) um like being sexy or stuff like that it's about like her she's our age actually oh cool but um her music is more so like uh, oh i'm 23 these are the things that i had to do to get big in our industry Mm. i didn't have to do all this shady shit in order to get there Mm -hmm. i'm Mm self-made um i come from a you know (laughs) like this kind of background but i made it because i worked for it yeah um and i think that's a really um that's a really important thing yeah that's a really important narrative yeah and i wish that more more of the narrative in rap was like that mm. yeah anyways um <laughs> chica so great kamaya also so great i mm. would look her up as well um female rappers that i definitely think deserve some recognition i mean i would say megan megan the stallion <laughs> <laughs> love megan um and cardi also mm. like i feel like those are probably the two most prominent right now and nikki of course but you know yeah. nikki's like old school yeah. at this point yeah. <laughs> love her oh. but she's like you know <laughs> yeah anyways um cardi and megan they're mm. more like the trendy rappers right now yeah and i think the empowering thing about their music even though it is very like a uh, sex focused mm-hmm is that they're kind of setting this tone that like women should be able to have that kind of um like a what's the word i'm looking for autonomy Mm. with their bodies they should find um empowerment in sex if they want to Mm. you know they should have that ability and it shouldn't be taboo so i think that's the thing that i like about their music and their message um yeah (laughs) got it (laughs) anyways um more rap music with good uh, (laughs) good uh, okay here's the thing this is just jillian trying to convince me to listen to more (laughs) rap music it really is honestly because i fucking love it i know Um, know rap and r&b are my two big genres also i would say (laughs) um well i'm filipino so this is like a given but uh island reggae (laughs) yeah 
Reggae, yeah, reggae is very relaxing. It's so good. It's very good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but that's just, you know, I need to be in the in the right mood mm. for yeah. that stuff. Different genres for different moods. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What was I going to say? Oh, okay. I would say current music, mm. um, particularly rap and R&B, are very good at... Because you said, okay... <laughs> <laughs> This is a oh, this is a lot to digest. Mm. So earlier, yeah, you said that you like classical music because um, the listener is able to interpret it however they want. Yeah, right. And there's sort of a skill implemented in being able to interpret that music. Yeah, which I agree with. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, it's a it's a completely um, you know like a different skill to be able to uh, kind of pinpoint what a specific composer is trying to convey yeah and trying to convey that yourself Mm. um and trying to relate to that and build that kind of empathy through music Mm -hmm. um so i agree with that i would say that today's music though Mm -hmm. because it's a little bit more um a little bit more like explicit Mm -hmm. not i don't mean that in terms of like profanity right but like explicit as in like very blunt and direct yeah um i would say they're very explicit in the message that they're trying to convey Mm. because that they have the technology to be able to do that yeah so that's more accessible to a wider variety of people i don't think they're doing it to be accessible right but I think that they're doing it because they have the resources to, mm. you know, Got it. whereas like, I don't know, a classical pianist didn't have, <laughs> you know, reverb. <laughs> they yeah. didn't have all these audio engineering <laughs> techniques yeah. to be able to layer different sounds on top of each other mm-hmm. um, and kind of uh, you make a very direct and pointed message, mm. you know composers back then didn't have the resources to be able to layer different sounds on top of each other Mm -hmm. and create this specific feeling and emotion Mm. and expression Mm. right okay to convey to the listener okay um because everything was analog right Mm -hmm. they had instruments and uh voices and that was about it (laughs) you could do so much with just instruments and voices though you can but the thing is if you have technology to be able to make a uh, no, different kinds of sounds, of course you're going to use it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and that technology is also a reflection of uh, the advancements society is making. Yeah. In terms of, uh, you know, like, intellect. <laughs> <laughs> um, in terms of the message that they want to convey, like, verbally. Mm. Like, what, what kinds of things are they talking about subject matter-wise, right? Yeah. Stylistically, there's so many different things that you can do and manipulate in order to create a certain style and a certain feel yeah um yeah so i think it's a personally i think it's like a big reflection of uh, resources yeah i agree it's just for i I, okay so i'm gonna bring it back to what you had told me you had mentioned to me before we even started recording you were showing me um a few excerpts of a rap song uh-huh um and you were like it would sound so cool if you added horns here uh-huh. but then i realized 
you were talking about like electronic horns and not like actual people playing horns. No, and that, I mean like that. Oh well, yeah, but cool too. <laughs> I know, but I think that's what people go to. You know, people mm. now they just say, "Oh, we can add this," and it's so easy to add everything like that into a song. Yeah. But there could be so many opportunities for to actually use musicians. Yeah. And people who have worked so hard to gain those skills. Sure. But they just use a computerized version of it sometimes. Sure. But the thing is, too, with that is uh, what kind of sound do you want to make in order to create the feel of the music that you're intending, right? Yeah. If you, you know, that's totally up to the producer. Do they want to implement someone with uh, um, like more of a live feel with those horns because they very much could? Or do they want to stick with uh, more of a computerized route and implement those effects through uh, their um, like editing or whatever. What's yeah. it called? I don't know. Production. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's uh, I feel like there's more um, like uh, there's more creative liberty in that. And I yeah. think that's another kind of creativity that's been developed because of it. Yeah. It's cool. It's cool. But <laughs> I, I think I just think it's really sad to see these symphonies closing down and all these musicians not being able to work and play yeah but then have all these computerized versions of the instruments they play Mm. as something that's more you know that people listen to more definitely i think it's sad too (laughs) yeah it's so sad it's It's so sad sad. (laughs) yeah yeah um so that's why i appreciate youtubers like two set violin Mm -hmm. and people and really young um like soloists like Hilary Hahn's like very young but she's a professional violinist yeah and she you know goes on tours trying to encourage younger people to play instruments and to listen to classical music so I think it's I enjoy listening and um, watching people like that because mm-hmm. yes current music is great there's so many societal you know commentary that's being made mm-hmm. and that's so important but there is so much good (laughs) so many good things that could be you know within classical music that people don't really listen to yeah damn definitely but the thing is with classical music is that there's so much influence of it in modern music that i think people are missing and i think Mm. like a well i mean i think this is in part because i play piano and i like can like that's kind of like what i am trained to hear Mm -hmm. (laughs) in music yeah (laughs) um which i have a few examples Mm. and they're there's i feel like oh god it's so underappreciated because there's so many great uh, like uh, piano techniques and riffs uh, in the current day music but because it's uh, rap or because it's r&b or you know it's like the background music yeah Yeah. well no i mean like i think it's fine as the background and i think it's used very carefully as the background as well um, and very intentionally, and I appreciate it for that. Mm-hmm. That's the reason that I like it. Yeah. But I think people um, often overlook it because it's not super apparent and it's not sticking straight out at you as classical, you know, or classically influenced. Yeah. Um, anyways, I have a few examples. Okay. <laughs> Show me your examples. <laughs> and I'm super excited about it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Disclaimer, I understand that pop music and rap is, like, very important to many people. (laughs) I just don't listen to it. I also fully 
uh, acknowledge <laughs> that classical music is you know, a culture of its own and should be appreciated as such. Um, and I also appreciate it as such. Yeah. So please don't come at us. <laughs> yeah, please don't come at me. I understand that rap is, you know, people like rap. <laughs> Anyways, and I think it's so cool how rap music is sort of built. I mean, I'm so partial. I've mentioned this before. I'm so partial to a good piano solo. Yeah. Or a piano riff in the background. Yeah. <laughs> But, oh, God, there's yeah. there's so much good rap music based on it. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, the other reason why I don't choose to listen to rap music is because I'm not the type of person. I don't know. My personality <laughs> and the way I, you know, present myself and the way I live isn't, you know, like rap music. I'm uh-huh. not hip. I'm a grandma. Uh, um, okay. What okay. don't you like about it? <sighs> Well, it's just, okay, one, I don't understand what they're saying. (laughs) (laughs) And I also, it's not, because rap is very much, it's it's kind of like a culture that I don't fit into. I see. Um, So it makes me feel weird trying to listen to it Uh and trying to be, trying to kind of, I don't know, listen to understand this I want to understand the culture, obviously. Yes. Um, but I know that I don't fit into this culture. Ah. Right? Interesting. Um, I f- the culture that I fit into does puzzles and drinks <laughs> tea and <laughs> crochets little stuffed animals. And plays and, the bassoon. And plays the bassoon. Yeah. And that's not the culture that rap music is typically associated with, right? Yeah. Um, which is totally fine. Like, there's <laughs> so many people who do identify with rap music and uh-huh. the culture behind it. Um and the culture behind it is so cool and mm-hmm. so important because because of its background, it came from jazz. Very Afri- It's very African-American based. Yes. And it touches on a lot of the struggles of African-American people in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, and we should all like try to understand that yeah. and try to listen to all these all the music that they've created. Mm-hmm. But I also know that I I am not the type of person nor am I the type of like audience that they're trying to uh, reach <laughs> I see. um because that's not that's not me yeah <laughs> and I think you know you grew up and you figured out through your college experience kind of figuring out your identity that this is the type of culture that you want to understand and be a part of uh-huh and you that you want to be that you want to learn about yeah but for me I learned that my culture is very much that of an elderly woman (laughs) (laughs) i cannot stress this enough i am an old lady (laughs) an old soul (laughs) um yes right yeah yeah because who i like sure there's probably people who like crochet and knit who listen to rap music but Mm -hmm. when i crochet my little stuffed animals i usually listen to either classical music or watch you know I don't know Disney movies mm-hmm. <laughs> or listen to Waitress. Uh, I love Waitress. Yes. Uh, um. Yeah. I yeah. think that's totally a valid thing. Yeah. You know, because <laughs> everyone identifies with a different kind of music. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and you know, I think people should try to appreciate and understand all different types of music. Absolutely. Um. But it's, I think it's still okay to understand that that's not the type of music that you 
you don't need to identify with oh yeah yeah for sure for sure yeah <laughs> and i know that i don't identify with r&b or rap or or pop music <laughs> so. okay a really interesting thing though is uh-huh. um i feel like a lot of uh, i mean like it's kind of objective that a lot of uh, the music today is sort mm-hmm. of um popularized 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 mm-hmm. as a result of social media Mm. right would you consider yourself a social media person no (laughs) okay see the thing is though (laughs) you can't say that if we have a podcast and both have instagram (laughs) yeah i know all that shit you know i know i will say i do have social media yeah i do partake in it uh, on occasion Uh uh-huh but i do not partake in it as much as another per uh, as much as me (laughs) as much as you and also like as much as other people our age Uh uh-huh um because, you know, I like a good Instagram picture of myself. Yeah. But, like, I haven't, I don't post very often. Mm. And I don't, you know, post things publicly as often. I usually, like, send, you know, a group Snapchat to my friends about, like, you know, something going on uh-huh. in my life. Um, but, yeah, I'm not as big of a consumer of social media compared to a lot of other people our age but mm-hmm. you are very social media savvy oh i really am <laughs> yeah i really am yeah uh-huh. um <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i think uh, another thing to tie into that too is mm-hmm. music that is popularized through social media mm-hmm. um also is used as a tool of expression and i think the resources and technology and everything and the culture that we've created through those things mm-hmm. um, have allowed us to become more and more expressive of ourselves. Mm. And I think another thing to acknowledge that's important of uh, current day music is that, or just music in general, is that the composers of uh, these musical pieces don't compose them necessarily for an audience if music mm-hmm. is a vehicle of expression yeah right because the, the whole point of uh, making music as a musician uh, i'll speak for myself anyways mm-hmm. um because this is how i see it is i think the whole point of music is uh, to express uh, what thoughts and what feelings that you have mm. at the moment that you're writing the piece yeah right um and we see this often with taylor swift like you mentioned before mm-hmm. bruno mars like their lyrics mm-hmm. um rap music of course obviously is a reflection of that culture and um you know things Mm -hmm. that society is uh often (laughs) (laughs) regarding as uh, i don't know like uh, popular subjects or uh, pop culture you know cultural influences (laughs) whatever that was super articulate Um, (laughs) i think the thing is with the modern day social media and how that ties into music is mm-hmm. both of these things have allowed us to create the messages that we want to create you know mm. as opposed to just leaving it up for interpretation yeah and uh, um i don't know i think i think uh, music uh, current music is just it's really um it has a lot of good expressive value mm-hmm. yeah I actually have one video that I would like to recommend to the audience. Okay. Um, it is a TED Talk. It is here. I have it pulled up right now because I don't remember the name of it. Um, it's a TED Talk by a man named Benjamin Benjamin Zander, and he is a classical musician. He teaches. Um, go look it up. It's very very good, and it's just a video kind of explaining 
um, how someone who hasn't been educated in classical music could listen to classical music mm. and also gain some sort of understanding of what the composer is trying to convey. Cool. Yeah. Um, and he's a very funny guy. Yeah. <laughs> he's very quirky and weird. And so it's a really fun TED Talk to watch for someone who wants to be involved in classical music but doesn't know how to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I highly recommend Benjamin Zander um, and his TED Talk. That's my little tidbit. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. We're trying Thank to you. break down those barriers to entry for classical music. Yeah. It shouldn't be there. <laughs> it shouldn't be there. Um, so go check out that YouTube video. Yeah. In the meantime, um, I don't know. I have a playlist of songs that I really like for their current musical <laughs> value. Um, follow me on Spotify. <laughs> my username is Jillian Pontaneris. No spaces, no numbers or capitals <laughs> or anything like that um yeah, yeah. <laughs> self-promo yes shameless shameless um, yeah anyways um that's all we have for today join yeah. us next week we're going to be talking about culture and society and addressing um social media culture <laughs> i don't know why i got so nervous saying that social oh, media why? and the culture that we've created around that um yeah that'll yeah, be fine that'll be very fun i'm a social media user and lily is kind of against it <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not against it there are good and bad things but i, I completely agree i choose to kind of weigh the bad things mm. more because <laughs> mm. there's many problematic things about social media in my opinion i see i see yeah sure <laughs> anyways if you want to hear lily's opinions on that uh tune in next week tune in next week thank you for joining us during our artsy fartsy week exactly and uh, yeah we'll see you next week okay bye okay bye <laughs>